Number four. This is the Trailblazers Irish podcast for Thursday, July 30th, 2015. The Wild Irish. I'm Conor Mwinikon and this is Trailblazers.irish Brought to you by Black Knight, the only Irish-owned, ICANN-accredited domain name registrar Each week we bring you an interview with an Irish trailblazer Someone who's building, creating, expanding, researching or otherwise blazing a trail The one thing they all have in common is that they're using the new .irish domain extension .irish is the new top-level domain for the global Irish community. It's available to anyone, anywhere in the world who identifies with the word Irish. Irishness, we remind you, is more than geography, more than politics. It's a state of mind. The website for the podcast is trailblazers.irish. That's where you can find out more and subscribe to get the weekly episodes for free. This week on the show, the Irish, and I'm joined by one of the founders of that site, Jerry Regan. Jerry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Con. Thanks for uh, bringing the Wildgeese.irish to to the attention of your listeners. It's our pleasure, Jerry. Tell me a bit about yourself uh, first of all. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? And uh, how did you get involved in the Wildgeese.irish? I was born in Manhattan in 1953. I was born to an Irish-American woman and actually was relinquished for adoption. That's, an, that's a story in itself. Uh, but my adoptive dad is, uh, was Irish-American, and I, I, I acquired a, a soupçon of, of interest in Irish culture through my upbringing. And then I studied my third year, undergraduate year, in Trinity College, Dublin. And that, that really quickened my, my interest in, in the Irish experience around the world. And, you know, fast forward 40, 40 years approximately, uh, it, it, it ultimately led us to create the Wild Irish. You, you're a journalist, you were telling me, by profession as well. Um, it, in what area? General news or, or what? Do you specialize? Yeah, I I worked for the Gannett Westchester newspaper chain as a reporter and then later as a copy editor. And then I moved into the digital realm. I worked for Prodigy, which was, I could we call it a prototypical uh, internet platform along with AOL. They were, mm-hmm. they were first out. And then I worked for Newsday.com, which was uh, one of the first newspaper-based websites. And then... I had a succession of freelance editing jobs and worked uh, for clients such as Business Week, Ad Week, uh, uh, f- a few other mm. a few other publications whose whose names I've, I find uh, elude me at the moment. But I always have had a huge passion for the human experience. I might call it most simply history, perhaps, but. Mm. Uh, I think people's people's stories, uh, and there's nothing as dramatic as the emigrants' sagas. Uh, and and where, you know, there I have access, being of Irish mm-hmm. ancestry and living in New York, and and, and with the internet, I, I dis- we discovered that we have access to a, a huge, a well wellspring of of dramatic stories about the Irish experience. So I think this is really the. The uh, the metier that that has mm. inspired us to sally forth and and get online and take advantage of that low financial barrier of entry that's that's always proved to be um, 
so enticing for storytellers it, like, it, like ourselves. It, it's amazing, you know, because um, Irish people have for generations um, emigrated and gone around the world. And, and I, I think the Internet, as you rightly point out, Jerry, is, is bringing us all together again in, in many ways. But even before the Internet, um, you didn't have to uh, go online in a way to discover that New York... Uh, it was the capital in many ways of the Irish diaspora, uh, perhaps London to a secondary extent. But uh, I'll never forget the first time I, I went to uh, to the United States, to New York in particular, back in uh, the early 1990s, um, 1990 or 91, I think it was, and uh, discovered the, the most extraordinary experience of discovering that uh, you could hear Irish accents on every street corner in, in, and certainly in some neighborhoods and, and some parts of the city. It, it 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 is the story of the Irish worldwide is just, it's an astounding yeah. it's, it's an astounding saga when you think about how a, a small country on the fringe of mainland Europe uh, sent forth millions of people and the and the the amazing impact that these immigrants have had on world affairs whether it's through politics uh, war war uh, yeah. finance. And this is a small country, and it remains a small country. It, 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 it is, it's a remarkable story, and it's a story that we never get tired of exploring on our, within our pages. What's it like to grow up Irish in, in New York, Jerry? Well, I would say there are bound, bound, bound less opportunities to pursue one's Irish interests, however casually or more earnestly one wants to do that. Uh, I, I think when we look at the calendar of events, some of which land on our pages, some of which are, we just find in other venues, uh, every, virtually every night of the, of the year, with the exception perhaps of the summer, there's a, a, a really interesting Irish cultural venue that one can avail oneself of. So, uh, and then, of course, there's Irish traditional music you can find performances virtually every every night of the week I, I would say nine months a year and there's a lot of interest in networking within the Irish community in New York now uh, you've got we talked about earlier digital Irish, NY digital Irish which is an upcoming group you have Irish business organization which is in a sense the granddaddy of Irish networking uh, opportunities for for immigrants and, and those who affiliate, associate with the Irish experience. So I would say that there's nothing particularly, in my view at least, remarkable about New York's Irish diaspora except for the size. But I, I think this kind of allegiance to understanding one's roots, in uh, Irish roots in particular, is can be, it's legion. I mean, you, you can find th that story writ large in virtually every significant city in, in the United States and I, I think you've, you've even hinted at in the United Kingdom as yeah. well. Yeah, and I, and I just say this, that uh, for those of us who grew up in Ireland, uh, it is an eye-opener, I think, and a, and a revelation to discover um, that there is a, a bigger context to being Irish, uh, a wider and more international context, and, uh, and that there are different kinds of Irishness. Uh, there's Irish-Americanness and there's, there's uh, other kinds of Irishness as well, uh, which are all valid and equally valid in their own way. I, th I think it's, it's certainly something that uh, a lot of Irish people find is a rite of passage, especially when they go to... To, to the United States and other countries like that in, in particular. Um, but you decided, Jerry, to, to uh, 
put some of this Irishness uh, online or to to see to find a way, I suppose, to uh, to to find an expression of Irishness online and in a, in a way to provide a platform for that. Um, now, I, I'm going to ask you a bit about that. The Wild Geese dot Irish, uh, Jerry, is uh, the name of the site at the moment. Uh, but as we know, uh, listeners to the podcast know that dot Irish is brand new. It's only just become available. Um, what did you originally register as a domain for it? We we were for from 1997 through March of 2015. We were the wildgeese.com, okay. and that required we we came to learn as we applied more resources into sustaining our work. We we came to see that a lot of a lot of our target market didn't really understand what was irish about the wildgeese.com yes. it wasn't it wasn't obvious that this is a a metaphor that's been used to describe the uh, the em- waves of emigration mm. of irish worldwide for since the 17th century that required a bit of education yeah and yeah we we don't we, we just don't have the resources to launch a a coca-cola style marketing blitz so that everyone immediately comes to understand Wild Geese, Irish. But you don't want to give that up either because it's such a great name. And for anyone who's familiar with what the the image and the metaphor means uh, and its historical connotations, or for anyone who can take the trouble to listen to an elevator pitch about it, it it contains so much meaning. And, And it does really kind of position you as being Addressing not so much the Irish at home, but but the Irish wild geese community and their and their descendants. Well, you're 100 percent correct, yeah. and that's why when I I read in last fall that the wild geese that that the dot Irish domain names were coming. Yeah, I, I we became very excited because we we were just having a lot of trouble figuring out <laughs> how how can we lower the people's barrier of resistance to yeah. to. Uh, Clicking on the wildgeese.com. Well, some people were thinking that we were some kind of a bird lover's site. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so what, we wanted to keep the, the baby and not and, yeah. and, and throw out the bath. So and and, and I've got to say, at Black Knight, we're particularly pleased about to see that uh, and people using it in that way because uh, what we talk about .irish and new top-level domains in general is that it now gives you the opportunity to ascribe meaning to the part to the right of the dot. So you can throw out, you can throw out .com, which is generic and mostly meaningless, and now you can put in the word Irish and suddenly your entire domain name uh, carries, carries, uh, carries all the meaning you want to put into it. Uh, we, we love it and, and uh, we're delighted to see it used in that, that way. Jerry, tell us um, tell us about how you got the site founded, uh, and I understand it's 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 a cooperative effort. There are other people involved as well as yourself. Yeah, we, there were three of us initially in 1997. We were drawn by our passion for the American Civil War, for the history of the American Civil War. We were the three of us, Joe, Micah, and myself, were involved in reenacting that tragic conflict. Uh, which is still a, an, a, an abiding avocation for for tens of thousands of people, including uh, I would say hundreds in Ireland itself, and that's a whole other story. But that, like like Irish, like the Irish experience, the uh, experience of individuals fighting in the American Civil War has a world has drawn a worldwide audience as well, which is which is really quite fascinating. But uh, we realized, Micah, Joe, and myself, that among our passions was Irish culture. So. We put our heads together and said, well, there's already some Civil War sites out there. 
so why don't we be first out with with an Irish online magazine, which is what which is what we did, and that was the fall of 1997. We never could figure out how to create a sustainable business from it, so we we just carried sallied forth as a as a veritable labor of love, uh, which we have done basically ever since uh the last few years we invested a considerable sum of money exploring different ways we we might get enough revenue where i could be, go full time on it mm. uh and that effort continues to a degree but we're, we're still trying to s- figure that out it's uh, but one thing that is is remains perfectly vivid to us is that there there is a a huge a, a huge ocean of interest in exploring the Irish experience around the world and we we're, we're, we're continuing an intent on continuing to call to attract those stories and and have them delivered by the people who've created them that is our our members uh, we have 3900 plus members and we create we give them an opportunity and, and encouragement to tell their unique Irish stories and this is this is the most exciting thing for us is to get people who may not necessarily see themselves as storytellers to share their very colorful and unique Irish Irish stories. And this is a life's work. We we really envision doing this for for many many years to come. Now, yeah, as you pointed out, and as you've uh, alluded to there, um, Jerry, you started out as an online magazine, but now you're talking about members. Essentially, uh, you you brought in the element of being a social network uh, at at some point, and and having members and encouraging uh, users uh, to be members of it and to share their own content and their own stories. Um, at what point did you make that change? When we when we were exploring the challenges implicit in monetizing an online magazine it became very clear to me that paying paying writers and uh, and attracting you know really talented writers and paying them and and editors and everything else that's implicit in in creating an online magazine was was daunting but even i would say even more compelling than that was my awareness that uh, it, we with an online magazine, the conversation was largely one way. We mm. were talking to the reader, and I, I, I think my vision was always creating a a network, a, a a community of people who, like Joe and myself and Fran, my this our team at the moment, who wanted to bring in reunite the Irish worldwide in in a in a large in a large sense and pr- provide all kinds of opportunities for reconnecting yeah uh, and and sharing sharing these dramatic story emigration stories and, and dramatic stories of the, of the Irish freedom struggle and uh, the Irish stories of, of bringing civilization to much of the world and and faith and you know it's a and 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 culture yeah it, it's the the Irish story is is extraordinarily remarkable and never never ending and it's, everyone, a, it's a 
And everyone's different, Jerry, and everyone's the same. I mean, as I've as I've mentioned as well, the Irish experience um, you soon discover uh, once you lift your head and look around the world is is multifaceted. There are different flavors. There are different kinds of Irish experience um, that you've mentioned there. Have any surprised you? Um, have any? Uh, what has been the most interesting thing that you've learned in terms of uh, uh, the stories that you have found to be shared with the Wild Irish from around the world? Well, look, I would say, you know, we don't canonize the Irish. We, we understand <laughs> that the Irish are, are fully and quintessentially human and have all of the foibles of greed, jealousy, in some cases rapaciousness uh, that goes along with, with adherence to faith and, and uh, resourcefulness and hard work and industry. But I would say perhaps the most astounding story that I came across was when I learned that uh, Michael Corcoran, who was a... a a Sligo-born uh, member of the RIC became emigrated, became a, a highly respected uh, general in the American Civil War, f- fighting for the Union Army. He ended up uh, shooting a fellow command, a fellow officer, in what I feel like was uh, manslaughter. Some could even argue it was second-degree murder, mm. and. It was really driven because this officer felt he was affronted because he asked Corcoran was a, a sentry demanded a password before he would allow Corcoran to pass through his lines. And Corcoran insisted that I'm a general. I shouldn't have to do that. And that led to a remonstration between these two New York-based commanders. And, and Corcoran literally shot him, shot him down like, right. a, like a dog and went on and he... Because of the politics of it, he was not. He he was, he was never court-martialed. Although there was a recommendation that he face court-martial, and he ended up dying six months later. Now he's lionized by the Irish community in the United States, as as for what he was, which is an iconic figure, a charismatic general, mm. a very su- successful field commander. But I've never lost sight of the fact that he killed a fellow officer in cold blood, and he he never had to face the consequences of it that to me is fascinating and that is part and parcel of the irish experience you know so that that's just one small story i mean there's there's countless there's countless of well there's no shortage of scoundrels in the irish historical canon you know and, and you don't you, you don't think we should whitewash it or you don't think we should look at history with uh, with rose tinted glasses that's not going to do irish heritage any any favors really by doing that is it no, because then I then then it's then we seem we seem naive, mm-hmm. and I don't think anyone can fairly accuse the, the Irish of being naive. The Irish have have, have a well earned reputation of knowing of knowing what they needed to do to to acquire their place mm-hmm. in the world, and it, it's 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 part of the legacy that's so impressive for for the Irish worldwide, and and I don't judge Michael Corcoran. I don't I don't judge any of these historical figures. I understand that. Heroes tend to have clay feet. That we're all prone to make mistakes, and we all have vanities of some sort or other. And I think it just makes these stories just much more dramatic in the in the telling to understand the totality of the experiences of these people.
There's a difference between uh, between uh, history, I suppose, and, and uh, justice. There's a difference between properly researching your history and conducting, say, a, a criminal investigation or a trial in a court of law. Uh, but it, it certainly doesn't serve the history to suppress or to ignore uh, the truth and the, the realities behind it. Can I ask you, uh, Jerry, in your study of history and in your sharing of experience with the with the global uh, wild geese Irish community? Do you ever get the sense that there is a a common thread, that there is something uh, associated with the Irish experience, be that of emigration or be that of perhaps what drove Irish people to emigration, the injustice and and the discrimination and uh, the politics uh, back home? Um, or indeed, you know, what people brought with them, uh, the culture, the um, uh, the language, the music, uh, anything like that. Do you find that there are common threads in the diversity of that dias- diaspora Irish experience? Uh, well, I, I, I would just want to qualify what, whatever remarks I have. I, I'm, a, I, in a sense, a typical journalist. I know a little about mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> rather rather than as an academic, a lot about a little. Yeah. Uh, that said, uh, my just purely from my reading and my observations from Irish immigrants that I know, uh, it, it seems like what what largely drives has driven immigration is opportunity to better one's life. Mm. Uh, this is a, a sense historically for many Irish that the 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 opportunities are were, were limited by by. British sovereignty over Ireland, mm. uh, by by religion, mm. uh, by prejudice of different sorts, and immigration represented a, a an avenue to mm. better oneself. And I, I think it was facilitated often by the preceding waves of immigrants that, you know, as the as the canard. When when go, goes out, the streets are paved with gold. You yeah. know, it's a, that that was the, um, and maybe that's even uh, urban legend. Uh, I mean, clearly the streets of New York were not paved with gold, and but that was the, that was the message reputedly that went out to a lot of immigrants. That, you know, I, I guess immigrants were coming to the states. They just didn't want less necessarily let let the people back home know. That making it over there was really challenging. That there's a lot of hard work and a lot of heartbreak involved, and that there were, mm-hmm. often they were very homesick. That I, I I I get the sense that for many Irish immigrants they were loath to ad- admit that mm-hmm. everything that the streets weren't in fact paved with gold in the United States. That um, there's a lot of barriers that they had to overcome to make it make it here as well. Much much to their perhaps surprise, but. Um, it's, you know. It is. It is. Well, I guess in some respects, um, if if opportunities are severely limited at home, uh, it, it's probably legitimate to to describe uh, the opportunities available av- uh, abroad in those kind of terms. Um, but it, it's something, I guess, um, Jerry, is that uh, you know, and I don't want to 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 force you to nail your colours to the mask at, uh, mast, and I'm not asking you to be uh, 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 you know a, a historian or, or anything like that, or to to express a, a learned opinion on it. But it's fun for all of us I think to speculate and, and uh, everyone can be an amateur historian and, and so much of, of my experience online has been engaging with people around the world who, who, sh- who celebrate if you like that common thread of Irishness and, and appreciate 
realistically what it is and, and what it means. Another way to put the question I, I asked you might be to say, if you were to compare the Irish diaspora experience to, for example, the English one, for example, or or uh, or the French one or the Italian one, um, would it be possible, do you think, to say that there are certain things that distinguish the Irish, certain things in their experience that, that kind of say, oh, yeah, the Irish went this way because of uh, certain elements of their culture? Or is it just is it just too ambitious a claim to try to make? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you know, I, I tend I tend to be, uh, I think, fairly uh, somewhat. I'm a, I'm a student of the world, so yeah. I, I definitely enjoy uh, history wherever I find it. What what seems to stand out about the Irish experience is is the the affinity that the Irish immigrants worldwide have for for that shared experience, that immigrant experience, mm-hmm. and it it's it seems like it's much easier for people of Irish ancestry to connect than it is for for other ethnic groups. But hey, you know. That's obviously uh, a perception, perhaps born of of just simple myopia. I, 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 but I would still maintain that when you look at the numbers, the mm. the eight million in, that in Ireland at the time of the famine, the depopulation of the country over the over the next eight, ten next decade or so, and then the the numbers that made their way to different parts of the world. I guess this is one of the things that I find hugely satisfying about the Wild Geese.Irish is the fact that here, uh, here's a factoid, I think it was about 7, 7% of our members are from Argentina. Yeah. I mean, before we created the social network, I, I had no idea that there was a, a, a hundreds of thousands of people of Irish ancestry in Argentina. And they are hugely passionate about reconnecting yeah. Uh, both within the Wild Geese.Irish and and I'm sure there are, there are cultural outlets. There's even a, the oldest Irish American newspaper is published in Buenos Aires. I think it's 150 some odd years old, the Southern Southern Star, as I I think that's the name of it. And so for me, I feel like the, the Wild Geese.Irish is is flying the flag of of the Irish experience worldwide, and people. Uh, incrementally, certainly, are are drawn to the opportunity to uh, embrace that that flag, and and that's hugely satisfying for us, even even at the you know the the modest numbers that we we've, we've currently gained. Currently, I think there's just yeah. huge, huge with the Wild Irish domain name. There's just huge potential that uh, that much more potential we have we now have than we would have had as the Wild The the learning curve for re- would be readers. Was, was would be just far too expensive for us to even contemplate ever becoming the the kind of dominant dominant uh, social Irish social network that I, I think the Wild Geese Irish can become. Please God, it will become. But um, you're you're uh, hopeful then, therefore, that it's a crossroads for you and and a stepping stone to future success. I I have no doubt that it, it, it's just so much easier for people to to. Embrace us, people who just hear about us. The Wild Geese Irish. They, they immediately get that there's there's something really intriguing about this. What what is what's Irish about the Wild Geese? And that engenders curiosity, which gets people to click on. You know, the 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 challenge for all of us who want to sustain our work as a business, of course, is getting those 
getting those eyeballs. The mm-hmm. competition for eyeballs is, is, is absolutely, you know, hugely uh, daunting, and it's very, it can be very expensive. So finding, finding that happy medium between marketing and revenue is, uh, <laughs> continues, to cha- <laughs> continues to challenge entrepreneurs worldwide. Yeah, including, including Irish, including Irish people. Well, we 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 wish you every success uh, with it, uh, Jerry. It's it's very interesting to see. I think what you've done and what you've done so far, and I think nowadays, uh, Jerry, I don't know what would be your take on this. You you talked about say Irish groups networking in America and that uh, digital Irish, who we will be talking to as well in this series, uh, the New York Digital Irish um, group also. But um, there's a sense that Ireland uh, is is good at networking internationally. There's a sense that Ireland is good at doing business uh, internationally, at attracting, attracting investment and tourism and, and, uh, and all of that as well. But that this is, is because, in a way, uh, would you think it would be fair to say that we have an inter- the people who are at home, even if they didn't leave the country, they have an international outlook because they know they have cousins abroad and they have friends abroad? I don't think there's any doubt about that. One thing we've noticed in the Wild Irish is that I think it was. It's about 25% of our members, in, our, in according to a recent poll, uh, travel to Ireland at least every three years. And the other, and another 40% of of our members have not traveled to Ireland, but they obviously aff- affiliate with, associate with the Irish experience because they're members. Mm. And many of them who have not traveled to Ireland yet, they unprompted express their longing to to visit Ireland. So. I think that this is something for the philosophers to explore, <laughs> but I think this is the real heart-sore longing for people to reconnect with, with, that, with those roots. I would also say in terms of the marketing piece, with, with the, the dot Irish, is, I think for me, I would say it's a no-brainer if an if a Irish cultural group or even an Irish business group that currently doesn't have the word Irish in their domain name, they're missing out on a big opportunity because the word Irish is, is, is worth 10 bonus points right away for anyone who sees it, if they have uh, any kind of Irish interest, and we know there's tens of millions of people that do, I think it's vital to get that word Irish in the domain name. I think it's worth it. It must be worth many, many, many thousands of, of uh, extra eyeballs over the course of just a month, just incorporate that word Irish. And dot .irish makes it easy to, to get that word Irish in there. Mm. You know, we, we played around, well, we'll call ourselves the Irish, the wild geese, irishnetwork.com and all this other jazz, but the wild geese dot .irish is, is elegant in my view and, and simple and it was very easy to acquire and you guys did a great job in facilitating us getting it and implementing it. So we're, we're really delighted. Well, I'm delighted for you, Jerry. What's next in the pipeline for the Wild Geese Irish? Uh, where Where are you going to go next, or what What are you going to do next? Well, right now we're we're working with Sony Pictures Classic in promoting Jimmy's Hall, which is rolling out across the United States over the next two months. And we really we love great storytelling, such as you find in in Ken Loach's films, particularly his his Irish canon. We've known uh, some of the team at 16 Films for years now. We, we really admired uh, uh, Hidden Agenda and then The Wind That Shakes the Barley and then Ken Loach's and 16 Films' latest, Jimmy's Hall. So we, we're helping promote the film th- uh, during its current U.S. rollout uh, with the help of Sony Pictures Classics. 
So we're really excited about that. We have Fulcher Ireland as a as a major sponsor. We have the Irish Tourism Board. Uh, wow Air is, has come on board as a sponsor as well, and it just really highlights for me the the just the immensity of of the Irish world out there. And anyone who who doesn't who chooses not to affiliate with that uh, in their brand name is really missing a huge opportunity. I have no doubt about it. When were you here last, Jerry, and, and when do you hope to come again? I, I feel like I'm in Ireland every day, in a sense. <laughs> this, this, is, this is how seductive the internet is. But uh, the last, actual, the, the real, my last real visit to Ireland was in 1992. My colleagues and I, we had a barnstorming tour across Ireland commemorating the Irish in America's Civil War. Wow. So it was a, it was a huge it was a great occasion, and we marched with period rifles. The guard were, must were were very concerned about it initially. They were going to lock them <laughs> lock lock our rifles up at night in each guard station as we crossed the country. Yeah. But I think as soon as they saw what hell well met fellows we were, yeah. and that these rifles were you know, well past their prime, uh, they just relaxed and we we just traveled across the country. We even fired a few salutes, uh, <laughs> blank blanks. With our rifles, which really astounded the locals, I must say that was that was quite an experience. Yeah. But uh, I mean, where can you where else in the world can you have adventures like that? <laughs> but in Ireland, you know, this you, you can't. It's just can't. It's just mm-hmm. a re, it's just a remarkable country. It's a remarkable people. And a remarkable story. People often say, you know, that the country has changed a lot since maybe the early 90s, uh, given a lot of the economic uh, successes and failures that have happened since then. But uh, i got to say, Jerry, I think if when you do come again, you may definitely note some changes in relation to infrastructure and things like that. And uh, I think you'll find that the essence hasn't really changed uh, either. I get, th- I get that distinct impression, yeah. When you do come back, uh, make sure you give us a, a shout and get in touch and we wish you every success with the wildgeese.irish. Thanks for talking to us on the show. Thank you, Con. That was Jerry Regan from thewildgeese.irish, our guest this week on trailblazers.irish. If you type that into the internet, it'll bring you to our website where you can hear all our podcasts and get more information. Click the feed icon at the top of the screen to subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget, if you'd like your own .irish domain name, go to blackknight.irish. Sinewil, Dantach, Tinsha, Sloan, Agus Benacht.